gospel message. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, it reads, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians, whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. This is a popular Bible verse. And when this Bible verse has been preached, it has usually been concerning oppressors. Oppressors either taking physical form, spiritual, making manifest through agents, as in people who are being used, um, because we know the Bible says we do not battle flesh and blood, but powers and principalities, rulers of the darkness in this present world, spiritual wickedness in high places. So when the devil attacks, the same way God blesses through people, the devil also uses people to attack. So if we're being oppressed by wicked people, or whatever the case may be, that's where this Bible verse has been preached to my hearing. But the Lord revealed another use of these Egyptians. So when it comes to oppression, right, it's not just people that oppress. For a child of God who is setting his or her heart on God or on Christ Jesus to walk after the Holy Spirit, to receive the Holy Spirit of God and walk after that spirit as Romans chapter 8 instructs us where it says, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Those who are in Christ Jesus will walk after the Spirit. They will seek the Spirit for guidance in all things, according to that same Romans 8. Those who are walking after the Spirit are setting their minds on things above and not on things of the earth. Again, says that Romans chapter 8. So there is a pattern of behavior. This is the new life that Corinthians tells us about saying, you know, I am a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. The way I used to navigate my life before has passed away. The new navigator of my life is the Holy Spirit. This is the way the Christian is supposed to move in this life. However, as Romans 7 also tells us, I desire to do the right thing, yet I do the wrong thing. The things I desire to do, I do not do. And the things I desire not to do, those things I do. Then I realize it is not me doing those things, but sin in me doing those things. This is what Romans 7 teaches us, which now is, is alluding to the sin nature, that sin life, that thing. That force, that entity, that leader that was leading us 
before we came to know Christ and now say, I no longer am under the power of this sinful nature. I am now under the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus Christ says he sets us free, he sets us free from the dominion of sin, literally, meaning sin ruling my natural body, sin dictating, and I obeying sin. The dictates of sin, the dictates of the flesh, the dictates of what I want, what I need, what I understand, all the me, 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 the I, I, eyes of life. This is what Christ saves us from. So it is no longer I who live, Galatians 2.20, but Christ who lives in me. This life I now live in the flesh, now that I am born again, now that I have received Christ Jesus unto salvation, unto a new life, it is no longer I who live. But Christ who lives within me, this life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It is now the faith of the Son of God that leads my life. It is no longer me. It is no longer that sin nature. But this sin nature is a beast because it does not give up very easily. It wants to hold on. It does not want to relinquish its power. So this sin nature stays on our heels. This sin nature that has always presented itself in whatever way it presented itself that it was able to have dominion over us. This thing keeps on coming back. It keeps on nipping. It keeps on tempting. It keeps on attempting to deceive. This is what Satan does through the sin nature. And why I'm using this passage in Exodus is because it says, for the Egyptians that you have seen today, those Egyptians that were pursuing the Israelites to try to get them, catch them, take them away from the deliverance that they were heading to and bring them back to a life of bondage. You see the correlation here? Jesus Christ delivers us from a life of bondage, bondage to sin, bondage to the, the world, bondage to worldliness, bondage to the old man, as, as, as the Bible references it. The sin nature is also called the natural life. It's also called the old man. And these are when we walked according to the flesh. And this flesh kept us in chains in bondage, where even when we thought we were doing good, we were not because we were living for ourselves and not living unto Christ. So many things mastered us. And for everybody, it's different. It really is because our personalities are different. Our backgrounds are different. Our stories are different. Our, our weaknesses are different. Our addictions are different. Our proclivities are different. So what might be bondage to me might not be bondage to you but it remains bondage nonetheless. So when the Egyptians were headed towards liberty, when, sorry, when the Israelites were headed towards liberty, these Egyptians pursued them hard for one purpose and one purpose only, to enslave them again, to capture them and take them back to a place of bondage. It is the same way our sin nature chases after us, stays on our heels, continues to present us with all the things of bondage, all the 
addictions, all the behaviors, all the way of thinking, all the, 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 the things in our heart that are evil, that are wrong, that are, that are sinful. This sin nature continues to try to remind us of all these things, entice us with all these things, tempt us with all these things, lure us with all these things. And it is not just those outward appearances. Those outward things are probably the easiest to spot because they're outside. It is the things on the inside, the way we think, the way we process, the way we justify. Oh, well, there's nothing wrong with this. Okay, I, I was doing it before, but I'm doing it less now. I did it every day before, but I'm only doing it once a week now. This pattern of where we are, we are, we, we, we do the wrong things. We do unloving things. We say unloving things. And yet we are able to identify the speck in our neighbor's eye, but we don't identify the log in, in our own eye. We see wrong in others, but we don't see wrong in ourselves. We would judge somebody else's behavior, but we don't see how our own thinking is flawed or is warped. And these are the things that when Christ has delivered us from these things and is leading us into that permanent deliverance, here comes the Egyptians. These traits, these behaviors, these sins, these, these, this sin nature coming back to try to draw us into bondage again. But what God was telling Moses to tell the Egyptians then is the same thing that Christ is telling us today. Saying, these Egyptians that you see, you will see them no more. When I deliver you and you set your heart on me and walk after me and focus on me and keep your eyes on me and your heart on me, no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you, then these Egyptians, you will not see them anymore. So the issue is this, or the question is this, do we know what our Egyptians are? Do we know how to identify our Egyptians? Because unless we know what they look like, unless we know what they are, then we don't even know what's hounding us. Sometimes for some of us, half of our Egypt, we've been liberated from half of our Egyptians, but the other half of the Egyptians are still alive and well within us, kicking, deceiving us to think that we're all in Christ when technically we're not, because we still have a whole camp within us that is furnished for these Egyptians to habitate. So they may not have taken us back to Egypt, but they most certainly followed us to the promised land. And we did not let them go because we are yet to identify what those Egyptians are. So the question is, have you identified your Egyptians? Have I identified my Egyptians? Do we know what our Egyptians look like? Do we know how our Egyptians present? Because it is only when we know what our Egyptians look like that we can now call them out by name and then surrender them to God and say, Lord God, Jehovah, Lord Jesus, deliver me. So that this Egyptian that I am seeing today, because of the deliverance you are going to give me today, after today, I will not see this Egyptian anymore. And when we identify our Egyptians by name, we place them squarely in the path of the power of Christ. But when we pretend like those Egyptians don't exist, or we gloss over them, or one that is a true Egyptian, we say, no, they're not really. It's not that bad. It's okay. I'm working through it. I got it. I can handle it. I can control it. 
if we could control sin, we would not have needed Jesus. If we could control, if, 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 the Egypt, if the Israelites could have controlled those Egyptians, they would not have, Moses would have had no need to lead them out. They were delivered because they needed deliverance. We are delivered in Christ Jesus because we need deliverance. We can't control sin. Only Christ, the power of God in Christ Jesus can control sin. But we have to desire that that sin be controlled. And therefore we have to call out the sin. We have to identify that sin nature. We have to identify the fruits of the poisonous tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We have to be able to identify its fruits within us. In order to say, I will no longer partake of that fruit. But if we see a fruit and we don't know that it is the fruit of the poison tree, then we will say, oh, wow, it is pleasant to the eye. And then we will eat it. But unless we are able to identify what it is, that this is a fruit of the tree that the Lord says, I am to have nothing to do with. Don't touch it, he said. It is only when I can identify it that I can stay away from it. It is only when we can identify who our Egyptians are that can we present them for the Lord and ask the Lord for total and complete deliverance. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God will reveal to us the word himself, the living word, Christ Jesus, and the word that he has given us in this Bible. If we study it, if we ask the spirit of God to open it up to us, to enlighten us, to open our minds that we might understand the scripture, the spirit of God himself will guide us to identify our Egyptians. If we really want to know who our Egyptians are, if we want to know what they look like, we want to be able to identify them. We want to be able to call them out by name. His spirit will reveal to us. But the truth is that many of us don't want it. We are okay because we're like, I've got that. It's under control. I know what I'm doing. I can handle it. The minute when we decide to take Satan on saying we can handle it, that's when we set ourselves up for failure. Only Christ, only the power of the cross of Christ that has conquered Satan can keep Satan at bay. We cannot do it in our power. It is not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We have to identify our Egyptians. We have to identify our Egyptians. Jesus said in that same Hebrews 4 from 14, seeing that we have a great high priest that is passing to the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Our infirmities are these Egyptians. When we have these infirmities within us, these things that are still nagging us, like Romans 7 says, Jesus Christ says, I understand what you're going through because I too was tempted. I too was tempted to fall in the way that you are falling. But the difference between us and him is that he was without sin. Therefore, he who did not sin knows how to deliver us. He can identify with our infirmities. So he says, come boldly to the throne of grace so that we may obtain mercy. Coming boldly to the throne of grace requires confession. It requires, it requires profession. We confess our sins and we profess our faith in his power so that he can deliver us. Because he says there at that throne of grace, we will find mercy 
and grace to help us in our time of need. Our time of need is when we are walking through this life with those Egyptians nipping at our heels. And we say, Lord, this is who they are. I hand them over to you and he deliver us. Let us identify our Egyptians. The Holy Spirit wants us to, and God says, and he is not a man that he should lie, as long as we identify them and put them before the cross of Christ. He says, these Egyptians you see today, you will see them no more. This is his word. This is his word. Let us identify the Egyptians that are chasing us and trying to pull us back into the bondage that Christ has delivered us from. Identify your Egyptians. Leave your neighbor alone. Let your neighbor identify their own. It is not our job to be sitting here and identifying everybody else Egyptians and we have a multitude of Egyptians within us and we don't even have a clue. Let us identify our Egyptians so that the Lord will stand on his word and make it true in our lives. The Egyptians we see today, we will see them no more, but we have to see them. He says, the Egyptians you see, we have to see them. Because if we can't see them, then we don't even know that they're chasing us and we don't even know that we're probably already in bondage. His spirit is there to help us to identify them. Let us receive that spirit so that we may receive the salvation and the deliverance that he is ever so ready to give unto us. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.